Hey everybody, Sarah here, and I'm dropping in to give a brief content warning for this week's episode. So, if you listen to our podcast around small children, or if you happen to be a small child, I would advise against listening to this episode for it contains some more than usual violent content. Other than that, let's get back to our usual broadcasting. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm here. I'm good. Oh, well, that's good. How are you? Um, I'm flipping fantastic that's awesome thank you why because i got a new cat game what cat game not no not sponsored but hey cat game if you want to sponsor us i mean i'm down is it literally called cat game? yes it's literally called the cat game best game ever, ever. <laughs> hi guys this is answer choice e all of the above i'm jess i am sarah in case you didn't know. That's Hello. okay. It definitely is. I will forgive you for not knowing me. So how's your week been? Um, hot. It is hot. It's, I agree. It's very, it's very beastly, as they say. As, as who says? Um, my mom. <laughs> I agree. Yes. Um, how about you? How was your week? It was good. I started back at work on Monday. I know. You're about to get kiddos. I know. Next week I get my kids. I'm very excited. Um, I got an actual classroom because prior to this I was operating out of basically a glorified closet. Yes. <laughs> so I'm very excited for what this year has to come. I know, right? Yeah. That's Even really... though it's been kind of a struggle, because <laughs> all struggles. of our computers have crashed, and everyone was moving rooms last minute, so it's been a bit of a mess, but I'm really excited. Looking forward to it. That's awesome. Yeah. The fact that you're, like, an adult, <laughs> and I'm just over here, like, <laughs> adulting. Who's she? I don't know her. I will know her eventually. Maybe. We'll find out. So what are we covering this week? Today, we will be covering Louisiana. Louisiana. Lu, Lu, Louisiana. Louisiana. I just went there, so I'm very excited because I know stories. Exactly. So tell me some stories that you have from being in Louisiana since you were just there. Um... It was really fun. We got to go to like a cooking class that was really fun. I learned how to make gumbo and etouffee and pralines, but they say that you're supposed to pronounce it praline or else you'll pretty much get judged. Um, Bananas Foster. Yes. Oh, it was so good. I had a lot of fun. Went up and down Bourbon Street, which was an event. <laughs> yeah, had some really good food and times. Did you see any ghosts? 
I did not. Ugh. We went to the LaLaurie Mansion, which in, ca- in case someone who's listening doesn't know what that is, you should definitely look it up or wait because we might cover it because it's a really cool, like, not a cool story, but interesting story. But it's one of the most haunted houses in New Orleans, which is where I was. Um, but we got to go there on part of a tour. We went to, and I was like looking through the windows, and, like not like up next to it, but I was trying to spot something. Trying to scope. Yeah, I didn't see any ghosties. Rats. Yeah. That's the house that Nicolas Cage bought, right? Yes. Right before. So they say the Lori Mansion has a curse around it. So people are saying that because he bought the Lori Mansion, that's why his career started failing and like he ended it's up not just because he's crazy no that's <laughs> what they say that it's because he bought that house that all the bad things happened to him which is very sad what exactly happened to him i'm not to even, him i don't know like where'd he go <laughs> he i mean he was in the cruise yeah and that's one of my most favorite movies of all time Good so movie. i i mean i dig it and I'm not gonna lie, I really love National Treasures. It's one yeah. of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The film score is phenomenal, if anything else. That is true. Like, if all else fails and I rewatch it and I'm like, who am I and why did I like this movie? Um, the film score is pretty rocking. Gotcha. Well, do you have any Louisiana stories? Um, I have a really funny short sweet one okay i've been to louisiana a couple times Mm -hmm. i went with my family uh twice or three times i think i've been i've been twice i went for my 21st birthday as well no we went to um shreveport 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 (laughs) we went there for my 21st and then we just just shrieking down the street Okay, um, well that's cool. Tell me your story. So, one of the times that I went, I went with my youth group at mm-hmm. the time, and it was a youth gathering, and it was storming, because there was a, it wasn't a hurricane, but it was a tropical storm. Okay. And during this youth group, it's a whole bunch of ELCA Lutherans gathered together in high school, and uh, we gathered in the Alamo Dome. Okay. That's what it's called, right? I have no idea. Okay, if I, uh, I don't know. We gathered in a dome. <laughs> and we had to do um, a, uh, a, a service project. So we got to go into abandoned houses after Hurricane Katrina. Uh-huh. It wasn't, like, right after Hurricane Katrina. It was... M- probably eight years afterwards but there were still neighborhoods that were yeah and there were still houses up that needed to be um demolished and so we got to go in and deconstruct fun but it started to storm and rain and uh lightning so we had to abandon ship and jameson left his water bottle because we all left our water bottles outside by the road Uh and it's had poured all week Mm -hmm. but today or that day that we were there it poured the most Mm -hmm. and he left his water bottle out and outside because we had to run to the bus Mm -hmm. and 
I forgot to w- remind him, so he blames me for not telling him that he left his water bottle. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> and I was sitting by the window, because he was my best buddy, and he was like, oh no, I left my water bottle! And it was one of his most cherished water bottles or whatever. Ooh. I think he was just being dramatic. And I looked out the window, and I watched his water bottle <laughs> float down the road. And I was like, Jameson, Jameson, there goes your water bottle. And he goes, can I go get it? And a lightning bolt, like, struck probably only a mile away. Uh And the teacher was like, no, you can't go get your water bottle. There's water everywhere. You're going to get electrocuted. You're six foot. What do you mean? (laughs) And he was so upset. And to this day, he mourns his water bottle's loss. Yeah. Wow. I know. I mean, it's the small things in life, right? It really is. Exactly. But, um, so that was an adventure. That was also the same time that he looked at me and he goes, Sarah, you're not white, you're pink. (laughs) Um, that's my friend. (laughs) Lovely. But, no, I, I have not seen a ghost either. Um, I need to see a ghost. You mean ever or in Louisiana? I've actually never seen a ghost, but oh, in Louisiana. <laughs> oh, well, I have it. So, um, I don't know. I think I believe in the supernatural, but I mainly am fascinated by it. Gotcha. But no, no I one hundred percent believe. It. <laughs> I've lived in haunted houses for not currently, but for a lot of my childhood. So that you know of that I know of. I'm still learning things that I didn't know about. And my mom will be like, oh, we didn't want to scare you. And I was like, "Ah." What do you mean? (laughs) Just, like, think, like, different, like, things they had seen in our house. Like, this new one? No. Like, our old houses. Oh. uh, I want to know everything. Well, we will, maybe, on a listener episode. Oh, my gosh. I'm excited. I'm so ready. Well, do you want to hop into some trivia? Yeah. Let's hop, skip, and jump into this trivia. Let's see yes. if I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Because I wrote this, like... A while ago. Many eons ago. Okay. Where is the world's largest underground salt mine? Bear with me with these words. Okay, I can't word. Sifto's Mine, Canada... Asse Mines in Germany, Maris Mines in Peru, or Maras, and then Wydlitzka Mines in Poland. I think I actually said that right. I think that is either really right or really long or slightly off. Okay, Wydlitzka, and then Paliblo or Palibello. Palibello. Palibello mines in Indonesia. Salt mine. Um, for some reason my brain wants to go with Peru, so I'm going to say answer choice C, Mars mines Peru. It's a very good guess. Ah. But the actual answer is the Sifto mines in Canada. Canada. So, the Sifto mines are located in Ontario, Canada, and it is located around 800 feet 
under the lake Huron and has around 100 miles of roadways. Approximately 400 people work in these mines and it's basically an underground city. It's full of service depots, lunchrooms, storage locations, etc. And it's basically a hub of action. It's an underground like town that is all about that mineral. All about that mineral. They crave that mineral. They crave it. Throwback meme. (laughs) Alright. My first trivia. Which country, that's not the US, so there's your first hint. Oh, thank you. Pledged the most money towards repairs after Hurricane Katrina. Oh. So, answer choice A, Mexico. Hmm. Answer choice B, France. Answer choice C, Austria. Answer choice D, Kuwait. Or answer choice E, Brazil. Brazil. Uh, um, Mexico. Also a great guess. Oh, thank you. It was actually Kuwait. Ah. So, more than 70 countries pledged monetary donations or some form of other assistance Mm -hmm. after Hurricane Katrina hit because it was so devastating. Um, But the largest single pledge came in from Kuwait and the amount of $500 million. Holy cats. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow, Kuwait, you're so kind. Yeah, I was not expecting that. No. Wow. Love that. Thank you again. (laughs) If there's anybody from Kuwait listening, you're amazing. Um, okay, question two. What is the most common natural disaster in the world? Mm. A, a tornado. B, a wildfire. C, a drought. D, flooding. Or E, a tropical cyclone. Or in our side of the world, a hurricane. In others, it's monsoon, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, thinking that we're talking about Louisiana, it makes me want to say hurricane. Because I guess there's hurricanes all over the place in the ocean. In the ocean? That aren't, like, hitting places. Um, and there is mostly water in the earth. In the earth. In the earth. Lord. You know what? I'm just going to go with that. I'm going to go with a a tropical tropical cyclone slash hurricane. No, um, very close, relatively to my answer and other, um, but it's actually D, flooding. I get that, but the reason why I didn't say it is because I was like, okay, so the earth has most, mostly water, and so like, you can't, you can't flood, flood an ocean. <laughs> that was your reason. Yes. <laughs> You can't flood an ocean. Oh. Water isn't wet. <laughs> we can discuss that. Good try. <laughs> All right. Um, and my second trivia. So Winston Churchill's mother created an alcoholic beverage. Fun. You're going to guess which one it is. Thank you. Answer choice A is a Manhattan. Answer choice B is a mint julep. Answer choice C is a cosmopolitan. Answer choice D, martini. Or answer choice E, Bloody Mary. 
just to keep the spooky going, I'm going to go with E, Bloody Mary. <laughs> it was not a Bloody Mary. <laughs> we did, we failed this, this episode Rats. on our trivia. Was it a mint julep? No, it was a Manhattan. That <laughs> you weren't even from Manhattan. <laughs> Why? She, in, I don't know, she invented She was like, you know Manhattan. what this drink reminds me of? My home you away from home. Place? <laughs> you know that place far away across the pond? Manhattan. <laughs> Manhattan. So, yeah. Thank you for that lovely <laughs> audio. You're welcome. I, I should have put like, it right up next it. to the mic. It's just like, out. Oh. I had to get a caffeine. One, one singular caffeine. <laughs> Only one caffeine. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. I can't wait for your story. So I drew conspiracy theory. <laughs> yes. But when I was looking conspiracy, it was basically lame. It was lame? Yeah. You would think that there would be a lot more conspiracy revolving around Louisiana. Mm-hmm. But it's mainly just paranormal stuff. Yeah. Not conspiracy. Okay. Because I could use paranormal and turn it into a conspiracy, but, like, that's cheating. Okay. So, there is one, though, that is boggling people's brains. I'm ready for it. Okay. It's a Louisiana sinkhole. Okay. Okay. So, on August 3rd, 2012... A 34-anchor anchor. <laughs> sinkhole opened its large mouth in a Bayou Corn, Louisiana. 34 acres is enormous. Yes. So, like, the earth just noped out of that area. <laughs> it just kind of said... Like, the world stopped um, loading. <laughs> yeah. So, a quote is, The earth opened up. A voracious maw of 325 feet across and hundreds of feet deep, swallowing 100-foot trees, guzzling water from adjacent swamps, and belching methane from 1,000 feet Mm. or more beneath the surface. And that came from the New York Times. While some people believe that the sinkhole is connected to the luck of Louisiana... Others believe that the sinkhole is actually connected to the entire Gulf of Mexico, making it that much more dangerous. So, like, the whole part of Louisiana is just gonna go into that. Yeah. It is said to have been created from a collapsed underground salt dome cavern, which was first constructed by the Texas Brian Company. Brian Company. Brian, not Brian. Brian, you're okay. (laughs) Brian, you're not. (laughs) Yes. Um, and owned by Occidental Petroleum. As a little background, in the late 1700s, these bayous were largely settled by the Acadians, descendants of the French colonists when they first settled in Acadia, a sector of land in the northeastern part of the U.S. and part of the Quebec part of Canada. (laughs) These people were attracted to the economic potential, such as the alligator and crawfish demand. Mm. 
Then, throughout the years, small communities developed from these settlements of the Acadians. And that's how we get the French sector. The French Quarter? Yeah. I was there. <laughs> Whenever I was taking that cooking class, he was teaching us the difference between, like, Creole and Cajun. Yeah. And I believe, I might be getting it mixed up, but that the Creoles were, like, the Acadians. Yeah. The French. And then the Cajuns were the ones that were, like, out in the bayou. Yeah. And it was just really interesting. Yeah. I mean, then they also had, like, the French people go down to the mouth of the Louisiana River, and they're like, hello. (laughs) The Mississippi River is now ours. Yes. (laughs) Just like that. Just like that. The grovelly French. (laughs) 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 Make all the boy moose go, (laughs) hwa! However, (laughs) it's what is beneath the ground that is causing all of the problems now. Beneath much of the state of Louisiana are massive salt domes. That's terrifying. They are gigantic deposits left from the formation of the North American continent. There are some domes that are crazy in scale. I even wrote that. And some, some as much as 35,000 feet below the surface, and as large as Mount Everest. The Napoleon Dome, which is around one mile long and 2.5 miles wide, has 53 distinct caverns. Six of these caverns were operated on by the Texas Brine Company. One of these, named, uh, one of these named Oxy-3, was owned by the Occidental Petroleum, which is through Texas Brine, um, was actually more than a mile below the surface. A distance that far down is not illegal, but is definitely unsafe. That just makes me scared for Louisiana. It's (laughs) It's just just going to collapse. Yeah. In 2010, Texas Brine applied for a permit to extend Oxy-3. Why? (laughs) Right. Apparently, its subsequent pressure tests were unsatisfactory. But the company itself said that they felt that the cavern itself could withstand the pressure of the surrounding world, regardless of what the test stated. Oh, disregard those tests. We're the ones who decide what's safe. Right. However, in 2012, the residents of Bayou Corn noticed and reported unusual sightings in the water. They reported that the ground was shaking and bubbles began to rise from the depths. However, there was no exact source or cause. Experts were called in by local government, by the local government, who suspected a natural gas pipeline leak, but were later proven wrong. And as the symptoms were getting worse as 2012 progressed, at the end of July, Texas Brine officially denied the likelihood of a sinkhole. This was also when Oxy-3 had begun to cave in. Dun, dun, da. Unreal. <laughs> right? <laughs> if we ignore a problem long enough, it will <laughs> cease to exist, I assure you. Or the entire state will cease to exist. <laughs> it's not real, I promise. It's gone. <laughs> it's not a problem anymore. Not a problem. On August 3rd, 2012, Louisiana governed Bobby Jindal called for the evacuation order for the surrounding residents. Quote, 
Texas Bryan investigated the situation by drilling a relief well and found that the outer wall of the salt dome had collapsed, allowing sediment to pour into the cavern and oil and gas to escape to the surface, causing the shaking and bubbles residents had, been, had observed. When the sinkhole first appeared, it was around 2.5 acres big. By February 2014, it had grown to about 26 acres. Mm -mm. As for today, the sinkhole now expands to around 37 acres big and is still growing. Most reports are stating that the expanding sinkhole is starting to slow down and has and is becoming more stable in its expansion. However, there is a very scary and heavily believed in conspiracy relating this sinkhole to the entire landscape of the Gulf region, claiming that this whole area is on the verge of subterranean dissolution. Okay. My nose itches. One second. You're good. To put it simply, the theory is based on the geology of the Gulf of Mexico. Quote, the geology of the Gulf of Mexico, GOM, is dynamic driven, not by plate tectonics, but by the movement of the surface bodies of salt, subsurface bodies of salt. Salt deposits a remnant of an ocean that existed some 200 million years ago, behave in a certain way when overlain by heavy sediments. The compact deforms, squeeze into cracks, and balloon into overlying minerals. Salt tectonics sculpt the geologic strata and seafloor of the Gulf of Mexico, like few other places on Earth, quote, eos.org, which leads many to believe that these very salt deposits are all lined up for an eventual flooding party, causing all of the land on top of these caverns to eventually become one massive corn sinkhole. And apparently, these vast underground salt dissolves all from East Texas to West Florida. No. Which will sink down into the ocean. I don't like that. Yeah. Like, that's... They think there's that much mm -hmm. in that... So, like, the Gulf Coast area of yeah. Texas all the way down to... West Florida. No. Like, everyone keeps talking about how California is going to sink. You know what I'm talking about? How they yeah. say it's, part of it's going to break off and sink. And I've never heard this. <laughs> really? I've I have never heard this. I've definitely heard of California, but I heard that this area, since a lot of it is below sea level, technically, mm -hmm. because it's like one big Yeah, New Orleans is bowl. below sea level. New Orleans is basically part of the C4. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that... <laughs> Do you have a question? No, I'm stretching. Right. No, she just you... has her right arm casually lifted in Okay, the air. so my friends, like, from college will tell you that I just do this. Okay. I'll lay in bed with my hand in the air. Oh. Put it's your hands in the air, like, just don't care. Anyways, what I'm trying Sorry, to say... I distracted you. <laughs> yes. Um, that since a lot of it is below sea level, that when the ocean levels rise, that it's just going to fill the area. But I've never heard that it's going to collapse like a big, Jeez. gigantic sinkhole. Don't like that. <laughs> yeah. However, there is little scientific proof 
that these massive salt caves exist on such a large scale. Okay. So it is known okay. that these that this salt sediment is there because there are massive salt mines and massive mounds of but salt no down there say. apparently because it's as big as Mount Everest. But there haven't been a lot of tests proving that this is going to happen. So don't freak out just yeah. yet. Um, and don't think that we're going to become a massive sinkhole, but it is something to ponder. Ooh. Yeah. Don't like that. It's pretty wild, man. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Hashtag conspiracy theories. Hashtag Hashtag by Louisiana. (laughs) Hashtag see you later. (laughs) See you later. Like S-E-A. I get it. (laughs) Pun. Yes. (laughs) Are you ready for my story? No, actually, I am I not. No, I really hope it's one you don't know. Tell me, because you were you were worried because you said you might know a lot because of because I'm crazy because of who you are because of me. All right, I'm gonna tell you a story about a man named Zach Bowen. Okay, do you know this one? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, I don't know. Based on details, maybe? Yeah, probably. Okay. Not probably in the but sense like, of me know it. it. Yeah, it would be about details, not about names, because I'm horrible with names. Okay, well, I'm telling you about this guy named Zach Bowen, alright? So, when Zach was 18, he married a woman named Lana Shupak. Okay? I knew a Shupak. There's a lot around here. <laughs> yeah. This is not one of them. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully. So, I drew true crime. I forgot to say that. Great. <laughs> I did. I drew true crime. We're talking about Zach Bowen. Zach Baggins. Zach Bowen and Addie Hall. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Talking about them. Do you know it? Mm-mm. You don't know? I know her. You do? I don't know why. <laughs> does There's that not ever, a good reason. Does that ever happen to you where you're, you're like, like, yeah. I know that name. I know that. I don't know why, but I do. Alright, so we're going to start just talking about Zach for a minute. Love. So when Zach Bowen was 18, he married a woman named Lana Shupak, and she was 28. Lana. He was 18. She was 28. <laughs> she had two kids. Cougar. And she was a stripper. <laughs> cool. Yes. Yes. Um... Right after they were married, he ended up joining the army to try to support their family. You know, they had two kids Mm -hmm. that I'm assuming he kind of took in as his own, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And he did fairly well in the army, and he rose to the rank of sergeant Mm. uh, because he toured both Kosovo and Iraq. So he had two different tours, at least, that he went on. Um. A lot of people say that he changed a lot while he was overseas. You know, that tends to happen with, like, PTSD yeah. and all that stuff. But they say he became less happy and he just wanted to go home, which is understandable in For that sure. situation, I would say. Um, let me backtrack a little bit. So this isn't, like, a super-duper long time ago. He was 28 in 2006. Whoa. So, 
Okay. It wasn't that long ago. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like doing the math right now. Fair. So, I did the math. 1996. <laughs> he was 18. Cool. That's where our story takes place. Um, where was I? So, he ended up saying, you know, like, I want to go home and decided to, you know, quit doing the armed forces and he was discharged. And when he was discharged, his commanding officer had said, like, yeah, he deserves honorable discharge and put in that recommendation, but he was sent home with a general discharge. How did that happen? It just, it, I guess it didn't go through or mm. it didn't get accepted. I don't know. But people say, like, no, his commanding officer tried to get him honorable mm-hmm. discharge, but it didn't happen. So he just had a general discharge, which, like, there's nothing wrong with a general discharge. But if you deserve an honorable discharge... You deserve one. You deserve yeah. one. And it, it, it takes away certain things that you could get mm-hmm. from an honorable discharge. And so... That meant that, you know, he qualified for B- VA benefits, mm-hmm. but he didn't get a GI Bill education benefit from Oh, it no. Because he wasn't honorable. That's sad. And so that made Zach a little bit bitter. He yeah, was not happy, which I completely understand. Mm-hmm. So, when he got back home, which his home was New Orleans, mm-hmm. or Nolans, no. <laughs> as some people say it, but literally the whole time I was there, I never heard someone say Nolans unless they were like a tourist trying to sound cool. Yeah. So, New Orleans. Nola. Nola. And he became a bartender in the French Quarter. Bruh, that's cool. Yeah. That's dreams. I yeah. would love to do that. Yeah, and apparently he was a really good one. And um, him and his wife did separate soon after he got back. Hmm. For whatever reason. Yeah. So, now he's a single man in Nola. Bachelor. Yes. And he's young Mm -hmm. in New Orleans. (laughs) If you catch the drift. (laughs) It was a city that was full of many eligible women. (laughs) Uh, But... He had his eyes set on one person in particular. Ooh, he had the heart eyes. Yes. Her name was Addie Hall. Mm-hmm. And Addie Hall was also a bartender with him, like, in the same place. And they both had one super-duper important thing in common. They loved to drink a lot. <laughs> Matt so so much importance behind that right Right. so they both drank uh like a lot okay not just a little (laughs) not a little but a lotle you know (laughs) a lotle (laughs) you you catch my drift very much more than a little bit so they ended up getting together right around the time Hurricane Katrina came through Mm mmm which kind of made them a little bit famous. <laughs> it put a damper on their situation. Not really. Okay, cool. Let me tell you why. Okay. When Katrina was coming in 2005, that was, I think they had been together like two weeks before or something. Yeah. They decided that they were going to wait out the storm. Cool. Love that idea. They did not leave. And. You know, when I was, I, I did take a tour in New Orleans, and they were talking about this story, and 
she, the lady that was giving the tour actually also stayed. Okay. And she was trying to explain, like, why people would stay versus just leaving. Yeah. In New Orleans, a lot of people don't have cars. Mm-hmm. Because of just how busy it is and the streets there are really small and most of them can't afford a car. I don't have a car. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of them couldn't leave. Yeah. And, um... Still scary. Very. But not to them. <laughs> not to them. They prospered. Okay. During Katrina. Okay. They were two of the very few people who stayed behind and... They gave them, they had a lot of media attention, mostly because Addie was known to flash officers as they drove by. Okay. With her breasts. Y- yeah. In case anyone did not know what flashing was. Um, flashing the headlight. Flashing her headlights at the officers. They were also known to make drinks for all of their visitors. Yes. They were bartenders, so they did have, like, a stockpile of alcohol Alcohol. that they had, and they would make people drinks and stuff if they needed something, because they, they, you know, during the storm, they didn't have electricity, they didn't have, like, running water, like, any of that. Mm -hmm. And it's not like they restocked the Walmart during a storm. (laughs) Yeah. During the hurricane. And so, if they had run out of something, they could just trade booze with whoever had it, you know? Oh, true. Because people in New Orleans, they like to drink. Yeah. So it, it's a valuable thing to own yeah. at that time. And basically, they were living like kings during Katrina. Yeah. Um, they lived a life without responsibility, and they were even featured in the New York Times. Bruh. Like a picture of them just living it. That's crazy. So... Many people say that this life suited them and that going back to normal was a tragedy for them. Aww. Like, they loved this, like, extended camping trip lifestyle. (laughs) Here's where our story kind of takes a turn. Addie was known to be a mean drunk and that she would occasionally abuse her boyfriend when she was drunk. She was also known pretty well for having encounters with the law. In one of those instances, she threatened a man with a gun. So, like, and it was mostly when she was drunk. Yeah. So, she just made poor decisions while drinking. Very poor decisions while drinking. Um, so once, you know, Katrina was over with and things kind of sort of started getting back to normal after the storm... One thing that my tour guide had pointed out was that they didn't have a job because they were still picking up after Katrina. So they had no income, couldn't pay bills. And the number one thing to break relationships is financial problems. Yeah. Right? So financial problems led to relationship problems, led to other problems. You know what I mean? And eventually some accounts say that Addie went to their landlord and asked for her to be the sole person on the contract Hmm. because she found out and this is allegedly nobody knows if this is true or not but she found out that Zach was cheating on her Hmm. and she was going to kick him out so some people say like oh she was just drunk and like throwing a fit 
-hmm. And some people were like, well, maybe, like, (laughs) it wouldn't be out of character. So, we don't know if it's true or if it was a drunken delusion. And looking at the pair, one could say that the relationship was unstable because there's Addie, who's a bartender, and some people say she's a stripper, depending on who you ask, which no, I'm not shaming people, you know, based on their profession, but that's what some people say. Um, and this kind of, in the, in the article that I found this in saying, you know, look at Addie, she's a bartender and a stripper and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, and look at Zach, he's a damaged man. Do you see the like double standard? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so we have Zach too, who has all these issues and they're both very heavy alcoholics with violence issues. Yeah. So it's not like one was worse than the other. Yeah. The way that this article kind of made it sound. Um, it is also a theory that a lot of people believe is that their friend, uh, whose name was Squirrel, I don't know what their real name is, but Squirrel, supplied them with a steady stream of cocaine. Love that. Yes. So, it just seems like an all-around bad situation. Right? Yeah, to say the least. So, on October 5th, 2006, they had a fight. Let's rumble. (laughs) Also, side note, they lived in an apartment on North Rampart Street, which was above a voodoo spiritual temple. Yeah. That plays in part later. Um... On October 17th, 2006, around 8.30 p.m., there was a call from the Omni Hotel to the New Orleans uh, police. Mm. Someone had gone off the roof of the building and landed five stories down on the hotel's parking garage roof. And it had been multiple hours when they found out. What? The way that it, a lot of things kind of are contradictory because the tour I went on, you know, when you go on a tour, they're going to hype things up and make it sound like really, really interesting. And it, they might buff up a story a little bit from yeah. what it actually is. Mm-hmm. The way that the lady had said it was like, it, it was Zach and that he was on the roof and just crossed his arms over his chest and fell backwards and whatever. Online. They didn't find him for multiple hours like they didn't see him. It had been like two hours. So. Um, when the police get there, they start, you know, checking out the scene as they would do and they rule out murder and they went to go check out the deceased to see if they could get a better idea of what happened and they found a lot of answers and a lot of questions. Yeah. Because... They found a Ziploc bag in his pocket. Huh. And in this Ziploc bag was his keys, yeah, his wallet, hmm. and a eight or nine page note. A note. A note. So, like a suicide letter. Right, yeah. Um, and this is an excerpt. From, it's not a long one. Okay. But you should prepare yourself just a little bit. I'll okay. try. It says, quote, this is not accidental. 
I had to take my own life to pay for the one I took. If you send a patrol to 826 North Rampart, you will find the dismembered corpse of my girlfriend, Addie, in the oven, on the stove, and in the fridge, along with full documentation on the both of us and a full signed confession from myself, Zach Bowen. Bet. <laughs> Just so you know, she's been staring at me with her mouth wide open in shock for about 30 seconds. Ah, cool. Um, not cool. Very horrible. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. Yeah, so he states that he strangled her in the bathtub. <laughs> and another quote says, I scared myself not only by the action of calmly strangling the woman I've loved for one and a half years, but by my entire lack of remorse. I've known forever how horrible person I am. Ask anyone. Oh. Yeah. That's so awful. Yes, very much so. And it doesn't get better. Cool. So the security cameras at the Omni Royal Orleans captured Bowen approaching the terrace and looking over it several times. Finally, he downed a final drink and threw himself to his death. That's what mm. the cameras caught. Um, also in his letter, he states that he burned himself for every year of his life as a punishment for his failures. And true to that, he had 28 deep cigarette burns in his arms and chest. So he was messed up. Um, just like a lot of killers, Zach Bowen was regarded like any other person whenever people were asked, you know, like, did he ever seem like he would ever do something like this? Yeah. Everyone said, like, no, he was decent. There was nothing about him that made anyone guarded or nervous. He was plain looking. He had plenty of friends. He was an average American boy. Mm-hmm. After he had um, committed the crime, it took him four days to decide what to do. During that time, he went on about his life as normal. Um, friends who met with him during the two weeks between the murder and the suicide said he seemed to be in good spirits and even spoke to be going on vacation. In fact, his confession letter stated he, once he figured out what he wanted to do, he decided he was going to enjoy his last days on earth to the fullest, including, quote, good food, good drugs, and good strippers. Every, um, uh, an average American boy, apparently. True American. True, true American boy, apparently. So, after they found this letter, they rushed to the apartment where inside they were confronted with something from a horror movie. Even though the weather was relatively warm, the inside of the apartment was very cold. The temperature was set to 60 degrees. The walls were spray painted with messages. Ah. All over the room. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, not um, about that. <laughs> they were messages of regret and pain, such as, quote, I'm a failure, and instruction to call Zach's ex-wife and tell her he loved her. Ah. <laughs> no. 
No, I'm sorry. This is nervous cackling. I know, I know. So, there was also a message on the wall that pointed to the stove <laughs> and read cry. to look inside. I'm, I have tears in my face. I know. Uh. So, he opens the oven and he finds a large roasting pan with arms and legs in it. They check on the stove, and in one pot, they find hands and feet. No! In another pot, they find a human head. Ah, where's the torso? We'll get there. No. All of the remains on or in the stove were burnt and had seasoning on them. No. There was also cut up potatoes and carrots on the counter. No! No, no! Lastly, in the refrigerator, they found the torso in a large plastic bag. So, no. this is a very sad case. I'm over here tearing up. Um, uh, you too. Some people speculate there was necrophilia and cannibalism involved. So, that leaves us with the question of why did he do it? Yeah, that's a very big one. It's a very big question. So... Some people think that the reason he ended up mutilating her body was to try to keep a smell from forming and alerting the neighbors. Some say it's just a story of troubled love, drugs, alcohol, and murder. Some people say that the demonic president presence in the voodoo shop below their apartment may have had something to do with it. They think it was the bad juju from downstairs mm. making its way up to their apartment. Yeah. Some people say that Zach's experiences caught up with him and that he may have had issues as a veteran of two tours overseas. Which is not an excuse. No. Like, it's well known that, yes, being a veteran can come with some mental health issues. Uh, but nothing that leads lot. to this. No. I would say. I don't think so. Um, so, yeah. Less... Then, a decade after the murder, there was a woman who was named Mary Milan? Millen? Something like that? Milan. But she goes by Voodoo Queen. Okay. So, that's easier to pronounce. She leased the building on Rampart Street and set up shop as Bloody Mary Haunted Museum and Tour. That This is in their in their apartment. Oh! In? I thought it in, was in the uh, place below the apartment. In the apartment. Okay, that's... Hmm. For a fee, Never mind. visitors are let into the Bowen Hall apartment to view the very stove and fridge where Hall's remains were found. That's disgusting. It gets worse. Reports are that the apartment was decorated like a schlocky horror film, complete with fake blood splashes and a bride and groom set of Chucky dolls. One friend of the couple called it despicable and atrociously exploit expletive. To say the least. That's Isn't disgusting. That Why would you? That's... How is that still going? How can I don't know if it is still going like today. I don't think it is. I hope not. I, I... hope that somebody would have taken that down. Yeah, I don't think that it is still going because I think there's a lot of backlash. Well, I would hope as so. it should have been that that was a place where people had died. Like yeah, and it's such atrocious acts have been committed there. And they just dress it up like a haunted house. Couldn't have said it better myself. 
Oh, I have emotions about this. Anyways, we're almost done. Ugh. Um, People are gross. It gets worse. Not on that aspect, but yes, on the people are gross aspect. So the story continues. Um, there's a man named Rob Florence, and he decided to make a documentary okay. about Zach and Addie, which is what it's called, the yeah. documentary he makes. And he, I don't know if it was, this was before he decided to make the documentary or after he decided to make a documentary, but he was walking around in New Orleans and he came across this woman who was crying in the streets. Hmm. And, you know, he approached her and was yeah. like, hey, what's going on? You good, fam? And her name is Margaret Sanchez. And she explains that she was very best friends with Jack and Jack with Zach and Addie, and mm-hmm. that you know it was still just tearing her apart. Aww. And so he decides that she's the perfect person to narrate her do- his documentary. Stop! No, because she wants to. Like okay. she wants to help. You know, narrate yeah. this documentary. That's still um, really hard. Yes, it's called Zach and Addie, and it comes out in twenty. Or it came out in twenty thirteen. Soon after this documentary came out, mm-hmm. the body of a girl named Jaron Lockhart, mm-hmm. she was a young woman, um, began washing ashore piece by piece. No. Then, Margaret, the girl I was talking about, and her boyfriend were arrested. She did it? So, I didn't fully research this case as in-depth as I usually would do for something I'm covering. Because my story was already kind of getting pretty long and Mm -hmm. horrible. Um, But here's the gist of what is going on. So, yes, Margaret and her boyfriend did commit this other crime. Why? It was, I, I believe it was either in 2011 or 2012, so right before they actually did the documentary. Oh. Um, they had lured this young woman out of her place of work, which was called Temptations, so I'm sure you can guess what kind of work it was, and told her that they would pay her a hefty sum of money for a private show. Oh. So, Jaren Lockhart, she was young. Mm-hmm. She had a daughter. Really? Her mom was watching her daughter. And she was the type, she didn't drink, she didn't do drugs. So she did it fully sober. Mm-hmm. And she was known for always contacting her mom, you know, after work, when she was coming home, all this stuff. And as she was leaving her place of work, the her co-workers remember her saying, like, I'm about to go get my rent. Like, I'm about to earn enough money to pay rent. Um, so they lured her out, and you know how this ends. Um, they began searching for who committed this crime, and they were pointed at Margaret and her boyfriend, who, there's a whole different deal with him, but he, he actually worked next door, and so he was recognized. And long story short, Margaret ended up taking a plea deal and pleaded guilty to manslaughter, obstruction of justice, and conspiracy to obstruct justice. 
And she was given a sentence of 40 years, 40 years, and 20 years for all of those, um, which is the maximum possible sentences, but they all run concurrently. So 40 years, basically. Uh, her boyfriend was found guilty of second-degree murder and was sentenced to life without parole because he was, I believe he was, like, the mastermind behind that. Um, so I just wanted to share that a little bit because it shows how fake people can be. For sure. Um... And the way that those two cases are connected, because Margaret said she was just very best friends with Zach and Addie, and it turns out she was just like, you know what I mean? Faking. Yeah. That's so gross. So, there's my stories. I don't like it. No. But if you want to, um, the documentary is called Zach and Addie, and it's made by Rob Fords. It came out in 2013. I'm I haven't watched it. I'm interested in watching it cuz I want to hear Margaret cuz she's she does the voiceover like she hasn't done the same thing. Right. So, and this happened and she did it she did it right beforehand, I believe. <laughs> I wonder what she was thinking yeah. as she did it. As she did the voiceovers. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but it's really messed up. Made me sick. My stomach hurts now. I'm sorry. It's cool. I don't blame you. So, that's what I got. Well, that was a terrible story. Thank you. But you did a great job. (laughs) I'm sorry. I know, it's very sad. Well, you did an awesome awesome I just hate how, throughout the story, it shows how horrible people can be. Yes. Like, number one, Zach. Horrible. <laughs> and then, like, the woman who ended up renting out their apartment. Ah, uh, that, I that didn't realize. That makes me so mad. Yeah, I didn't realize when you first said it. I thought that she rented underneath them. No, like, their apartment. That's awful. So, people can be bad, but I, I choose to think of people being good. Me too. Okay, well, hopefully we'll do something happier next week. Um, yeah. So what are we going to do? I said nose goes, you pick. No, that, there are only two people here. I know. That doesn't count. <laughs> hmm. I can't think of anything good. If you were an instrument, you'd be a French horn. What does that mean? I don't know, but <laughs> Bethany chase a clarinet and I'm a saxophone. <laughs> Why am I French horn? Because you have that beautiful alto voice. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> so next week we're going to do instrument or instruments. Woosa. Woosa. Yeah-oh. Are we missing things? Are they in the other hemisphere? Oh, they might be. You're right. Which one wins? Oh, you're right. Rock, paper, scissors. Shoot. The North wins. Okay. The Nordic North. So this is for instruments. Well, that's exciting. While you're writing it down, follow us on all of our other social media as we are 
living our day-to-day lives. <laughs> yeah. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A-C-E-A-O-T-A. That's, That's our handle. <laughs> A-C-E-O-T-A. Um, also, send us your own personal stories because we are wanting to do a personal story episode. And that is at acotapodcast at gmail.com. That's A-C-E-A-O-T-A podcast at gmail.com. Yes, follow us there. And rate and subscribe. Subscribe. The best place to rate us is on Apple Podcast. Yeah. We love to read reviews. And if you leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read your handles. Um, yeah, we'll call you out. When we do our listeners episode, we'll read the handles. But anyways, yeah, rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Yes, we love you forever. Forever okay. and ever. And ever. Amen. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Sips Coca-Cola. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I guess I should get my store pulled up, huh? Mm-hmm. <gasps> toot toot. <laughs> Give me the <laughs> my toot 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 toot. <laughs> that was a Zootopia reference. In case anyone caught that. Are you comfortable? No. I'm, I'm for literally that. following. Following? Following the following, leader. The but leader, I'm leader. falling myself down. I. Why did I say... Following for falling, but falling for following. Yeah. You Gucci? No. My half of my butt is still off the bed. Also, I need to open some kisses. Some casses. <laughs> Why? What? My friend Ingo just texted me, where do horses go when they're injured? The vet. <laughs> the vet. <laughs> to the hospital. Thanks for your jokes. You got you got jokes. Ingo, you have the worst joke. Oh my god. Just kidding. They get oh! This is um Dude. This is Bro. A kid friendly. No. Jerk. I love that I took it very seriously and was like to the vet. I was gonna say that too. I never know with Ingo, because when we first started talking, like, he would, I would say, like, oh, I'm just, you know, in lounge pants, you know, and he's like, what's a lounge pants? Like, he didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. So I never know if he, like, genuinely genuinely doesn't know, know, like, in English, what is the place called where a horse goes to a hospital? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's hilarious. I love that. He's great. He's good, I guess. Anyways. (laughs) Yeah.